Welcome everybody, I'm Sam Sebastian and you're listening to episode 3 of How Are You Doing Really? In today's episode I interview a friend of mine, Lainey Love, who I met at Esalen this past January. I was actually assisting her in a certification course to become an Esalen massage practitioner. In addition to massage, Lainey is a nurse and I wanted to bring her on so that she could share what her experience has been like leaving Esalen at the end of February, beginning of March, and going back to work as a nurse in the time of the coronavirus. Lainey shares some pretty personal experiences around being in the hospital with patients, coworkers losing lives, and her mom, who is also a nurse, going back to work after being in retirement. So please stay tuned and give this heartfelt conversation a listen. Um, Hello, I'm Lainey. Um, I met Sam. We just both left Esalen. um, And for two magical months of um, healing and a journey of learning and discovery and all doing body work and touch and amazing connections, um, really deep connections. And, um, so normally I am, was a travel nurse. And before I went to Esalen, I signed on to this hospital in Reno, Nevada, um, originally from the East coast. So after Esalen, my plan was to come back here and move into a new place, which I did. Um, so a lot of transition, and then um, the world was also in a lot of transition, which was very interesting coming back into. Um, so I'm really honored to be here and see you and talk with you, because it's such a beautiful reminder of what uh, it almost feels like a dream was at Esalen. Um, so a little bit about me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was assisting the uh, certification training that Lainey participated in and um yeah it was just such a special experience to to get to be there and um be with all of you and yeah exchange so much touch and almost at times like more than we or or all of you could could take and and now we're in this uh place where Touch isn't really something that a lot of people are able to get in this in this time. So it's kind of uh, interesting how uh, I, I think we're all pretty fortunate um, to have had that experience uh, prior to coming out into how things are now. Yeah, absolutely. How how was it um, for you? leaving Esalen and, and then going to Reno, starting this next chapter and kind of walking into um, chaos uh, or for lack of a better word. Yeah, uncertainty, all sorts of. Um, uh, well, I chose, um, I actually, so I stayed for another week at Esalen to do another workshop um, and so I chose kind of consciously to eliminate looking at the news while being at Esalen. <laughs> um, so I was, um, had very little knowledge. I knew that there was something going on in regards to the coronavirus, um, but I did not know 
how intense um, and what was actually going on outside of the remote location of Esalen. And so um, I did that extra week and then I had a friend come down and we went camping for that weekend. And so I actually came back uh, Sunday night and Monday morning or that Monday is when they put the shelter in place for California. Um, so coming back and when that happened, I think I went into a state of shock. Um, normal life would have been kind of shock for anybody. Uh, but I think that coming from Esalen where it was so touch centric and so how are you doing, but wait, how are you doing really? And having that opportunity to really be present with a lot of that, um, in a very controlled world essentially, or controlled area, um, and when I came back and that Monday, I came back to this new place, boxes everywhere. So um, uh, needless to say, for me, I felt uh, very out of body. I went from like two months of being like kind of dropping in. I know you remember it took, you know, I'm a nurse and, you know, nervous system is already really intensely heightened and there's beeping and there's, you, you have to be on your toes from the second you get in to the second you leave the hospital um, so it took me a couple of weeks to actually ground down in Esalen. And then I came back and it was this emergency. And I, I think part of it was because I was unaware of the severity and what was actually going on within our world. Um, so I relied on um, some of my travel nurse websites and my Facebook sites because that is my Zoom line into knowing what's happening in the, the health field. Um, from people that are doctors and nurses that are traveling. And so it's all throughout the United States. And when I went through that, um, it was uh, pretty bad um, knowing that this was the state of what our world was in. And um, I think for me personally, like being alone in halfway across the, or halfway across the world from my family um, and not having the biggest group of people here because I had just left for two months. Um, I was really off put and ungrounded with what was I was walking in on and what, what our world, I knew that we had, this was untouched territory. So essentially I went into a state of shock and um, I think three weeks went by of moving in, going to work, going into work and I'm a charge nurse. And so um, sitting in on these meetings that are nationally done, they're called Hicks Committee meetings and safety meetings. Um, and all of the protocols changing like three or four or five times in a day. And um, knowing that uh, there was a shortage of what would keep us safe. Um, and in the beginning, for the first two weeks, essentially when I was back, there wasn't any testing going on. So it was just this state of like chaos and uncertainty and almost this distrust of, um, you know, I signed up to do this line of work because I care and I like to, to do this line of work, but it's almost having like a soldier going to war without any armor and any, you know, in the beginning. Oof. That was a big state of shock and ungrounding and kind of jumping from hot water to cold water, um, like immediately and just, uh, um, uh, more, I think that I didn't, I don't have all of those, to, those tools to, uh, <laughs> to have been like in the Zen space to deal with it. So it was a little bit more of like this, oh my gosh. 
Yeah, that that sounds really intense and and kind of ungrounding and and like the the security of of the protection that you would normally have like that not being there and and then you having to just like step up and and um just be there for for these these patients that were coming in and and doing your best to um, I imagine being a nurse, there's, there's a, a component of compartmentalizing your own process as you're supporting your, your patients. Um, and, and wow, like that sounds like so much to, to just step into. Um, and, and I, I'm just curious, like, what has like helped you to 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 stay with it all to to be able to be be okay and and to continue to provide care for those who who need it um well compartmentalization is part of the training of being a nurse <laughs> uh in your own time right um so that is one of the ways that i've been able to care for others and um more so than ever, our, our brothers and sisters on the front line have needed each other so much more than we ever have. Um, there's this whole like strength in our, in our fields um, because we do have to endure something pretty serious in one room, whether it's a death or like some brand new experience for a patient that is scary and then go to another room and have to kind of start brand new. Um, and so, we've had to also help each other kind of do that, um, which has been a beautiful demonstration of like coming together of people in this state of fear because the human experience and fear can respond in so many different ways. Um, and it's been really wonderful and beautiful to be a part of a, a community and the nurses, the respiratory, all of the, the healthcare workers that I work with to become like family oriented and to, um, kind of, I mean, I know I'm going off of your question, but eventually, like after all of these weeks, kind of come to, like, we're all coming to a place of this acceptance of that this is what it is and how to work within it versus this like, like trying to gasp for air and figure out what we're doing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, I think there's, there's like a, a process of um, like for me at least I know coming back and, and, and being in a bit of shock and, and like, wow, this is my new reality right now. And I automatically went into this state of like, I need to take care of myself. And, and I kind of went inward and, uh, and then after a little bit of time, I was able to come back out and, and, and process things a little bit more easily. And, and I found myself, as time has gone by coming to this place of, of being in more acceptance. And, um, I, I know there's like a big part of me that's resilient and, um, and that, that feels very alive in me in, in this moment. But I, I think there's also this, um, like piece of grief, you know, like what are, what we knew as our, uh, normal is no longer there. Um, and, and now we're, we're dealt with this, um, experience of, of uncertainty and, and fear 
and, and loss, great loss. And, um, and it's, it's, I, I think it's come in stages, you know, and, um, I, I was, as you were, you were sharing what you were saying about being on the front lines and, and supporting one another. Um, it just, that, that's so amazing that, that y'all have been able to, to do that. And, and I, I myself am just so grateful for you and the other healthcare workers that are doing this. And, um, I think about like, not only are you, I'm imagining, not only are you having, uh, patients come in with, uh, symptoms of COVID-19, but everything else that, that had been happening maybe before as well, you know, like other health issues or injuries, um, has that has that been the case for you? Would you say? Um, so things have changed a little bit. Um, to directly answer your question, my unit—I'm on a medical telemetry floor—has um, transitioned to the COVID unit. Um, so we are only accepting because what hospitals are trying to do, which makes sense, is to keep the dirty or the the COVID patients or patients that have. Um, you know, that are infected or rule outs away from any of the clean patients. And um, because I'm a part of these travel nurse sites, I ha- I'm a little more privy to what's happening in different parts of our country. And because I'm from the East Coast, I have still a huge community of nurses out, out that way as well um, in New York and Connecticut and everything. And th- that's essentially what they're doing. And they're building um, other additional kind of places. So for instance, my hospital is using an an entire new floor and um, they've taken two parking lot floors to turn into hospitals to treat just COVID patients. Um, I think that right now, emergency room doctors are essentially just discharging everybody um, that are not requiring a high level of care so that we are not exposing people that don't need to be exposed. Um, So the volume in the hospitals has in a lot of areas throughout the hospitals for now. Um, and I think that the anticipation of having such a high volume of, of um, COVID cases um, has made it such a big deal for us to do the social distancing, which has actually helped quite a bit. But we do anticipate and know that once the, the gates are open and people start to normalize a little bit, that there's going to be these spikes throughout the country. It's just part of what's going to happen. So I know that there's a lot of places that are um, preparing for that. So I am getting mostly COVID patients now. Um, what happens is we know that people that have other issues are more susceptible to getting sick no matter what it is. So you're getting multiple um, issues. with people. So basically people who have already had like pre-existing um, health, health conditions, is that what you're, you're saying? Yeah, I mean, those are people that are going to get are going to be more susceptible to getting anything, and COVID being one of them. Um, so we are seeing both young or um, people with pre-existing and people without pre-existing. Um, so it's an interesting place to be in, where there's just not a lot of knowledge as to how to treat. Things are changing quite rapidly, and so um, and you you can't offer as much care as you want. You want to be there, but you're in these, either in a mask where you can't communicate as much because of the inability to hear, or you're in these, uh, they call them poppers, which is 
uh, positive pressure of airflow so that you can't hear anything. So it's a little weird in the caring department, um, but touch, you know, and it's with gloves, but um, touch is so important right now for everybody, but people that are really sick too, you know? Yeah. And, and I imagine like they don't have their family or their friends to be there with them and the, the main people they're interacting with are the nurses and the doctors and I mean, not being able to hear each other and, and like communicate and maybe some of them aren't even able to, to speak really in, in certain moments. Um, I, I, the, the thought that's coming up and, and the feeling is like, I'm, I'm sure like just knowing the person that you are um, and experiencing you, like imagine you're like sending love and like energy, like energetically communicating with them in that way. And, um, and I'm, I'm curious, is, is that how you, do you feel like that's a big part of how you care for, for the clients or the patients that you're, you're with? Right now it is, yeah. And a lot of the times it is. Um, I've had the pleasure of working with hospice and oncology patients as well. And that was a lot of that, you know, is energetic. Some people are on drips um, that aren't conscious. And so a lot of that care, I mean, is very energetic. Um, I do have to say too, though, that a lot of the care is within the people that you're working with because people are going through everybody in the United States is going through something. Everybody in the world is going um, through something. Um, this fear though, I mean, I, I got to work home this week, work from home to do some trainings and um, my anxiety dropped incrementally. Um, and so the anxiety that I think people that are not just working in hospitals, but people that actually have to work and be exposed and um, the fear that is so kind of palpable right now and the anxiety, it is uh, pretty high for people that have to go to work and that are living with kids or elderly that they have to go home to or figure out new ways to live. So there's been a lot of energetic exchange with your coworkers and having to be support and a pillar. I take it y'all aren't giving each other hugs as you would normally do either. Yeah. And I, um, I briefly explained before we were on here, but, um, you know, I came back and a lot of people knew that I had to give free massages and were totally down. And I think a lot of nurses were talking about how, you know, we're all exposed to the same patients. We can hang out afterwards. And that was debunked pretty quick. Um, I think there were a lot of nurses that wanted to get massages once I got my massage table. Um, but, you know, it, one of the hospitals here had a bunch of uh, nurses get sick uh, with, from COVID and then uh, several of them passed last week. So unfortunately it's not so much like you can cohort with the people you work with because on a daily basis we're just differently exposed or live with different people and so yeah we're not touching we're not hugging mm -hmm. a lot of masks you don't you're you're wearing a mask all day long you're kind of in a different yeah i'm i'm sorry to hear hear about those that have passed um wow yeah. It's been a different life for the past four weeks, I'm sure, for everybody. And I think I um, uh, the shock we talked about um, was pretty prevalent. And then the grief was so overwhelming at times. Um, and I think that um, 
for me, a little bit of shame came up in the fact that I couldn't do more. Like there's all of this time to go and uh, in the beginning um, to, to maybe be creative and use creative juices to kind of, uh, whether it's writing or art or, you know, building community. And I've, um, for me, it was very uh, overwhelming to the point where I just couldn't do much other than be in bed and, and work for the first week or two. It was really intense. I think the fear, you know, and anxiety. Um, I'm really um, happy that you have been able to work from home this week. Uh, just to get a little bit of like respite from what you've been in uh, for the past uh, month and a half or so. And, and your, um, your self-care practice, how, how has that been um, during this time? It has uh, been a roller coaster ride because, um, as I mentioned, I came back here and um, I moved. And so uh, a huge blessing was being able to create space based off of what is happening within me now and uh, removing every any amount of furniture that was in here so that I had yoga space or that um, – so there's been a lot of wonderful people. So, you know, you know, all of these people that, you know, you're thinking the, the front line and that's really nice, but there's so many people that have stepped up to offer their light and to offer their ability to kind of create an environment for people to do self-care. And so I have some friends from home that have done these free Zoom yogas like three times a day. So there's a map. Um, it's been really helpful. I've also joined a psychic meditation group so that I have uh, for healthcare workers um, from somebody from Esalen actually that started that. Um, and so that has been, you know, it's only been one day, but that has kind of infiltrated a little bit and brought some more energetic self-care. Um, and Zoom and these house party week. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, you know, because uh, like you said, in the beginning, it was like, holy wow, I need to you know, self, like I, you know, I need to figure out how to fill up this well so that I can allow that to go out and care for the people that I need to care for. Um, and so these house parties, these Zooms, these baths, I mean, Esalen's baths are so wonderful. So that's been like a routine. Um, but like I said, it's been like this. So a little bit more in the past week or two, I've allowed, I've felt like I can allow myself to extend the tentacles of uh, being present more with others and um and and not feel like i am in this like kind of whirling place of hamster wheel just like running and going oh, um and and your family and and your friends uh fellow colleagues on the east coast how how has it been um have you been able to zoom with them or call them and, and stay connected with them yeah, those are all people that I've been Zooming with. Um, my mom is a retired nurse, and she just went back to work today. She's in her 70s, so um, she's in Connecticut, and that's a little bit scary. Very scary. <laughs> um, and my my other, my dad and my brother, my brother works a little bit, but they're doing so, you know, The mom uh, thing is a little bit nerve-wracking, and... Um, we're very lucky on the on the west, not the west coast, but where you are, where I am, um, San Francisco, the Bay Area, and Reno, 
um, where we haven't gotten the overwhelming um, presence of this. And so I do have several friends in New York City and um, in that, you know, Massachusetts, Connecticut area, um, and they're not as lucky. Life is pretty hard right now um, with their work, their line of work. Um, but it's, you know, the resilience of the human spirit is amazing. It is. Um, and and I, I love that you shared your, you're doing that psychic meditation uh, group specifically for the healthcare care workers. And um, I know that there's just like power in, in, in setting time and, and sending energy to um, those that, that need it. And um, I'm, I'm really happy to hear that that's, that's going on. Your ability to, to just keep going, even though it's scary, just, it, it's just like, I, I try to put myself in your shoes and I'm like, could I do that? You know, especially with what you mentioned, um, towards the beginning of, of just like being, being on the front lines and, and not having the protection that you, you need, um, is it like you you just tap into this this part of yourself that enables you just to like, even though you're afraid or even though you're um, feeling a lot of grief, like I, I'm just curious how that how you you just move and and keep going. Uh, humor, I think you've experienced the goofball side of me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think in times of stress and fear, it becomes heightened. Um, And then that allows me not to go down the spiral of complete fear and um, paralysis. (laughs) Paralysis of fear. Um, But I I am scared. (laughs) Um, And I am, there are days that uh, I don't feel like myself and I can't, but I think that I am not alone. There are so many people um, and I am very lucky. I live, I can go home to my house and to my place. And um, I know that there's people out there that um, things are not easy. Um, and, and I think that there's gratitude has been a really grounding thing to keep me in a state of not total fear. And so that I, I guess I can keep going because there's always um, things to look for that you can be grateful for. And there's always, even with all of this, there are beautiful things happening. Um, and so I've been really trying to stay in reality and stay grounded with what is actually happening, but also make sure that I can find those things that are uplifting um, the sunshine moments. Um, yeah, the emotion of of being scared or, or having fear. Um, what is it most that you you feel scared of? Uh, um, a good question. I think there are so many things. Um, I think that. Um, for me personally, it might be that I get infected and get sick and end up in an ICU without 
the ability to have any family or friends around me um, and how out of my hands that might be. Um, the fear that our world is, um, is going in a different direction perhaps right now. And that um, I think most of my fears do stem more from the collective and, um, and what's happening. And um, without getting political, just where our, our country and our world are going um, and how this has shaken up things so much and the, the possibility of the possibilities for it to go in a direction that would be better and beneficial for our world, but the fear that it's not going to go that way. And that um, life as we knew it before coming back from Esalen, uh, the fear of that, of some of the great things of that are kind of behind us. So without getting dark and like kind of in this anxiety, like rabbit hole of, of situation, um, there's just a lot of fears, I guess, around this taking over and um, not coming together as a world to unify and to deal with this appropriately in a way. Yeah, that makes total sense. Um, and I, I feel like I can relate with you on that, like just seeing how um how many people are affected by this and 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 we, we all are in in one way or another and some people it there's they're still able to work some people still have their health some people have a home some people don't have a home some people are sick some people are completely alone and isolated and, and there's just so many uh, experiences happening simultaneously and, and all um, are an effect of the, the virus. And, and I don't think we've really ever experienced something like this before. And, and I just hope, I hope so much that, that we're able to, to come together and, and support each other through this and, even when some of the leaders out there don't um, uh, show that in themselves uh, as an example, um, I, I do see other, other uh, leaders out there that, that are a, a very um, good example for all of us. And uh, I think advocating for, for the, the human race to, to come together and support one another as, as we all navigate this very challenging time. And your mom, oh, it, it was it just like she, she decided they, they need more support and I, I wanna go and I wanna be there. Was that her kind of logic around it, you think? I think there's several things. My mom is alone and she, uh... Uh, I, is one of those old school nurses that like uh, before self-care for women became or became something that was acceptable for to happen. My mom is part of a di different generation where it's, I'm going to take care of every, you know, like I, I'm, you know, like she just, this is her passion in life and that these, you know, people can't. And um, so there's definitely that. Um, and I think that there's this desire that she knows she can help. Um, 
why to stay home and not help. But I know that I'm still, I still have a license in Connecticut. So I still get emails and they've been emailing retired nurses and students begging for help to come back. So I know that she's gotten the call several times from her own place where she used to work. And, um, and so, yeah, I think that there's a calling there for sure. I'm just worried for her age. Yeah, yeah, being um, in more of the vulnerable age group and, and being potentially uh, in, in an environment that can put her at risk, I can, I can see how that's scary for sure. I, I know that you've spoken to uh, just staying connected with friends and, and taking baths and um, doing movement classes as... Uh, things that are really resourcing. And I imagine some of those things um, really bring you joy as well. Um, and I'm, I'm just, I'm curious what, what else maybe uh, brings you joy during this time? If there's like an experience that you, you've had or, um, or, or it doesn't necessarily have to be joy. It could just be where you were really touched um, by an experience that you had with um, a patient, uh, a coworker, or, or somebody from afar. So like I mentioned about being a part of the, I feel like I'm really tapped into the nursing community because of being um, on these travel nurse sites. Um, and I check in with them for information, but I also check in with those sites because they're some of the most beautiful patients, uh, healthcare provider interactions going on. And um, so some of that has brought me a lot of joy to see what the nursing staff are doing together, whether it's the TikToks <laughs> or like anything to keep like real morale going. Um, uh, it's also like our hospital has these um, iPads that we've been doing Zooms with family members. Um, so there have been several family, I mean, there's been different situations where, um, you know, people that have it a lot worse, whether they don't have a, they're homeless, they don't have a home to go back to, or um, they have substance abuse issues and, um, so I've seen a little bit of those things happening in the hospital and having this ability for those people to contact somebody that they love and be able to have a FaceTime experience like that has been pretty amazing because um, as you mentioned, I don't know if everybody else knows, but most of the hospitals, I think pretty much all of them are no visitors at all, um, which has its challenges for patients for sure. Um, so that stuff has been bringing me joy. Um, I, I think most of the stuff that's been bringing me joy have been outside of the healthcare system. Um, because uh, inside the healthcare system, there is this additional element of uh, anxiety, I think. Um, so outside of that, it, it's been a lot of, you know, connecting. And I have gardens that have been planting food, um, so earthing. Um, and uh, and being out in nature, um, I think I've, the past week and a half has been when I kind of have started to emerge a little bit out of this uh, confinement of headspace. <laughs> um, 
So I'm looking forward to a lot more opportunities to, I think for more people as well. It sounds like you said you also went inward and I feel like a lot of society has maybe followed that. And I feel like I'm feeling more of people even reaching out so that there's been more of this, okay, now I'm ready. And that maybe there'll be more things that are happening that are of people helping and giving and the exchange of energy between people. Um, and so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I, I'm too. And, and I, I love that you've been able to plant seeds in your garden. Um, it, it just, it's been something that I've, I've heard from various friends talk, talking about planting seeds. And, um, I, I really want that for myself. And, um, I, I like I've mentioned, I'm, I'm considering moving to, uh, Nevada city and, uh, just, the thought of being more in nature excites me. Um, I've been in San Francisco for over 13 years and, and I've loved my experience here. And, and I've felt for the past, I'd say like three, four years, this strong pull to, to move somewhere where I'm, I'm more connected to the land where I'm growing food. Um, and hopefully eventually getting to a point where I can have a space where others can come and, and have that experience too. Um, so I, I love that, that you're doing that. And it's, it's interesting. It, it also makes me like think about how um, nature's kind of been getting uh, a pause from humans in, in a way that hasn't really happened <laughs> a long time and and I've just I've seen various articles online uh, talking about just hair being much uh, cleaner in certain areas um, and the wildlife just coming into more areas and coming out and and roaming um, because there's less of a human impact in in those spaces and um, I'm I, I'm also just starting to develop a practice where I, um, I, I try and tap into nature's wisdom and what it has to offer me, whether it be I, I go outside for a walk and I just set the intention to just tune into the different sounds, the, the birds, the insects, the, the flowers, uh, the wind, uh, the clouds, and, and just um, leave myself uh yeah open to things that it it wants to share with me whether it's just the pure like beauty of of what's in in front of my eyes and um kind of seeing things from different perspectives um uh, i had a, a a practice of uh like trying to see what it might be like if if i was a bee and i was going in to the the flower and um it's been really, really cool to, to practice that. And, uh, I, I'm not sure if, if you've had any experience with, um, ecotherapy, but I, I, my experience of it has, has just really allowed me to, um, you know, let go of, uh, a lot of like maybe the, 
intellectual part of talk therapy and and just stay more open to what's kind of there unconsciously and and bringing the the conscious and the unconscious together and also tapping into this um bigger thing that that we're we as humans all living things are are part of and and i think you you spoke to this like hope and i also did as well of of seeing us live in more of a symbiotic way uh, of being and and i um i feel like i'm kind of rambling on about that but yeah it just it seems really in, important for me to to speak to that and um i i'd, I'd want to i want to ask what what is something you feel like you could share with the listeners um to maybe uh just support us moving forward with with your experience of it um of, of being tied into uh the doctors and the nurses and 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 your guys's experience like what what would be something that you want people to know or to hear in this moment well kind of things right like your immune system to keep that up so you know getting nourishing yourself with food and with thoughts because the immune system is not just about what you're feeding physically but also mentally um and uh stress can really you know so any way to kind of de-stress i know that the beginning of this has been really insane but i know that now with all of this time that we have, this is going to be a marathon. They keep saying that it's a marathon, not a sprint. So there is a different norm per se. Um, but finding healthy ways to relate to the world, whatever that way is that that looks like. Um, and I really love the example that you spoke about, or spoke to about being in nature and trying to get out of this space um, the space that can kind of continue the process of fear and anxiety um, and the rabbit wheel of our of our own kind of demise, you know, the thing. So being able to be embodied um, and provide energetic love, since at this point the touch, it's going to be a little bit, and to be patient with yourself. Um, to really be patient with yourself and others because you really have no idea at this point what other people are going through. And I think that that is one of the biggest kind of, especially right now, we really have no idea what anybody's going through. And uh, be kind, you know, and as much as you can to just be kind. Yeah, and, and, and finding uh, what comes to mind as you share that, just compassion for, for ourselves and, and for each other and... Um, tapping into empathy um, because we really we don't we don't know what um, everyone else is going through and we're we're all navigating this the the best to our own ability and and some of us have a little more resources than others and, and tools um, to use 
And um, I, I love that there, there are people offering um, meditations, yoga, dance. Um, I'm going to be leading a um, self-massage practice on Tuesday night. So I'm pretty, pretty excited uh, to be offering that. It's something that I'm like, do I do? Do I not? Like I, I've kind of been pulled um, back and forth and I'm like, why not just do it? You know, I, I was doing it in bed the other night and I'm like rubbing my forearms and my hands and I'm like, oh, I need this so much. And, and I'm sure so many other people out there are, are in need of, of that as well. Um, so I'm, uh, I love what what you you offered and and just reminding people to to um, yeah, be kind to each other and support one another as we all go through this. Thank you, thank you so much. <laughs> it's been an honor. Thank you for asking me to be a part of your your conversation in regards to how are you (laughs) (laughs) yeah thank you all so much for listening if any of you are interested in being a guest on the show feel free to reach out my email is sam at samsebastian.com additionally if you're interested in finding out more about the work that i'm doing in the world you can go to my website, which is samsebastian.com, S-A-M-S-E-B-A-S-T-I-A-N.com. Much love.